Hello and welcome to Be a B2B Leader. I'm your host Felician and I'm a marketing manager who wants to learn more about business, leadership and marketing. Today my guest is James Metzger, the founder of Aspire Marketing, where they help companies make the right decisions to attract the best customers. In this episode, we will learn how to balance inbound and outbound, depending on the stage your company is at. So let's get started. Hello, James, and welcome to the show. Hey, Felix. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. I love your background, and I love the topic that we will be talking about, because yeah, every business owner had to make the decision if they want to go inbound or outbound and decide which strategy will work better for them, a strategy or tactic. So please tell our listeners, what should every B2B leader know about inbound and outbound? Well, yeah, absolutely. So I think the best the best thing to, to cover first is the fact that they both have value, right? So like off very often you might speak to you might speak to a specialist and they'll talk they might feature a lot more on outbound cold email outreach that sort of stuff so they they'll be hyper focused in that area or for example you get a lot of people doing digital ads these days from from everyone you know from independent people to 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 big companies and they'll talk all about digital ads or the content content writers that will focus more on inbound and um uh, or social media managers that will focus way more on inbound right so like it can get very confusing but the the most important thing to 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 realize at the beginning is is they both have value and they both have their place really depending on where you are and what you need to um which area you need to work at or perhaps wherever you're bottlenecking within your sales funnel um and of course that they are actually complementary they they're, they're complementary components of a of a overall marketing strategy yeah but when starting out like should people focus more on yeah should they pick one strategy or just try both of them right away i think yeah it's a good question uh felix i i think the it really depends on where you're at. when you say starting out it really depends on how far you're at at, at the beginning uh, a lot of a lot of experts will tell you and a lot of a lot of I get a lot of clients coming to me and telling me that they want to focus on Google ads or they want to focus um, on outbound reach. And traditionally, you would normally focus on outbound first and then and then and then consider it inbound. But what I've noticed over the the last few years is there's there's been a shift in the demographic, right? Which means that people are way, especially within the B2B industry, people are way more tech savvy. They're way more educated when it comes to their purchasing of services and products. What does this mean? This means that that purchasing decision now is not as effective with solely outbound reach, right? So if you don't have a good inbound presence, you don't have a good format of content creation, wherever you're distributing that, it being a, um, a blog, on social media, or newsletter, wh- wherever, if you don't have that, then that outbound strategy that you've invested all your money into is going to be far less effective, right? So if you can afford to, and you have an opportunity to be able to, um, uh, you have some kind of sales funnel coming through, Focusing on inbound predominantly at the very beginning, I have found to be far more um, cost effective 
and far more um, efficient and effective and productive because of the education of the general demographic in the majority of in industries these days. So I would always decide to have, if it's one or the other, focus on inbound because inbound, the, 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 the inbound strategy at the very beginning is takes time. Right. Let's say, for example, you're you're investing in um, SEO. You're not going to see any type of performance in before six months. Right. When you're you're not going to see on organic social, you're not going to see any type of it being linked in on a you know probably the biggest B two B platform or even Instagram, which has a lot of B two B presence now. You're not going to see any type of reach at the very beginning. So if the slower the slower you um, you invest. In that, the 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 more difficult it's going to be for your overall strategy, but ideally like, you need to be having both channels. Yeah, like I think the biggest value of inbound is that people are convinced by you that they need that service. So when they yeah when you reach out to someone, you have to go through the whole process. You have to educate them on the service. You have to educate them on how it works. How it will take for them to see results etc etc mm -hmm. and you will have to go probably through yeah 10 points or even more but if they come through inbound like they've done 80 percent of the research probably and they just need to be convinced that you are the right person to work with them yeah absolutely and i and i i think the natural generally speaking the natural journey of the majority um of customers is never is never ever one channel Right. So it will be it would normally be, you know, you, you, you normally say there's around about nine touch points between any any conversion um, of your product or service. Right. Um, and you can't do that solely on inbound and you can't do that solely on um, on outbound, you know. So to and this is where this is where it becomes very difficult. Um, especially when you arguing when you're when you're having a con conversing with a with B two B uh, corporates where they want to see specific numbers and they want to see specific rationale and really there's a cocktail involved you know so um uh so, so yeah so like i'm always very hesitant to focus on uh on one strategy right yeah like i think that you should never put all your eggs in one basket because yeah. Uh, yeah if it fails you will fail at everything and you will have nothing it it's funny you say that cuz I, I, I that's that's a general that's a general mantra that i i follow within business generally right in in all aspects of business is is to diversify your portfolio and everything so diversify your portfolio in staff diversify your portfolio in clientele diversify your portfolio within within marketing right because like you said if if you just need one or even your your actual specific clients if you have one big major client that's run that's 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 feeding your business and they go you don't have a business anymore right so um yeah. i think diversification is extremely important in business generally you know yeah so how do you learn if inbound or outbound will work better for you and how um, do you pick the right strategies yeah absolutely diversification? so <laughs> i'm going to preface everything i say first with um there isn't you have to you have to take every bit of advice with an element 
of um, being savvy with 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 your analytics, right? Because very the very first thing you do, need to do is 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 analyze your sales funnel, right? And where are weaknesses? So, for example, if we were going to talk on a very high level, we've got awareness, consideration, and 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 that decision making process, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if if there is a bottleneck between consideration and, and decision making and there's something there that's not happening then maybe perhaps you need to focus a little bit more on outbound and get you know get those um cold outreach going get those um uh those demo calls sorted out or so for or for example if there's a if there's a bottleneck a little bit more between awareness and consideration and that conversion between getting to the conversion rate maybe you need to be focusing more on that brand awareness through inbound marketing Right. So like there, there's an there's a general kind of an, analytics you need to be doing or someone your your marketing partner needs to be doing for you um, at the very beginning. And then it's just a matter of um, identifying your budget and and your goals and your target and your demographic. Right. So, for example, if if you're going if you have a short term goal, let's say it's an event. Right. And you need to do the marketing strategy for an event doing and you don't have uh, a strong inbound um setup right you don't have a a, a great online presence when it ter- con- when it terms to content people aren't seeking you at uh, seeking you out investing investing in social meet organic social media for an event is going to be very very inefficient of your money and your time right and you need to be doing um um, either cold outreach or paid ads or something. That's it, the decision is relatively easy for you, right? If your um, if your service and your product is an immediate service that needs where you're fixing a um, where you're fixing a solution where there is and your demographic isn't necessarily have the time to to sort out sourcing a lot of information perhaps outbound could be a um, putting more emphasis on outbound could be a better strategy generally speaking you're always should be having that balance though generally speaking obviously there are there I've given a couple of examples of how that can that can alter and be different but generally speaking I would say you know you need to be focusing on that inbound foundation first getting that foundation right you know so you have that credibility so then when you invest in outbound which you should do as well, and it frustrates me when companies don't do that, you know, because they put all of this time um, and they think it's more cost effective and sustainable in inbound, which it is. So they just focus on that because that's at the end of the day, that's where they, you know, that's where they've been educated. And then then they're not converting. Right. Who do you think should set the strategy if, it, if you should go outbound or inbound and would mix to pick. So should it come from the CEO or should it not be like the sales director, the CMO or someone completely different? Or should it be should it be a team effort? Um I think I think um it's important to have a discussion like the the C suite generally should have a discussion, right? And you should highlight and investigate um where those holes are that we spoke about previously right so for example the sales um the sales and marketing and sales are very parallel to each other they're not the same thing but they're very parallel and teams that work together um produce far better results than sales i've i've come in and consulted for some 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 corporate companies where the sales and marketing team are like at at a um 
you know, hate each other, right? And yeah. it's and Two it's different really, islands. It's a big issue. It's a big, big issue, and it ends up being an expensive issue for the company as well. Um, so, you, sales and marketing should definitely be talking to each other and seeing where those issues are and seeing how marketing can then support according to it being outbound or inbound, right? So, I think I think that's very important as well. Um, so I think, but ultimately the decision and the strategy should be done within marketing, you know, 100% mm -hmm. should be done in, within marketing because they have a greater perspective, you know, and they're not, they tend not to be biased by KPIs and, um, and the, the final conversion, you know, yeah. like, I think the problem with that would be just the attribution because sometimes mm. you can show the direct results. But in other cases, like not all of your campaigns will directly relate to the revenue. And yeah. that's where the friction comes in between all of the teams. Because marketing knows yeah, that they did a great job. But yeah. on the other hand, the other side doesn't see it. So data attribution, I've always said data attribution can be your uh, at times is like your um, your hero and other times it's your worst enemy. And I say it cheekingly and jokingly but i say it because sometimes for example data attribution can tell false stories you can push stats that make you as a marketing manager or director or uh, executive look amazing and it's not true but then again also at the same time it can also be horrible because you're trying to push for a strategy that is that involves perhaps a lot of dark social right um yeah. and you can't necessarily show that performance which leads to a trust in the marketing team that at the end of the day that and because at the end of the day the the ultimate um the ultimate um measurement and attribution of if if this is successful is that final result is that conversion is the sales and the revenue right and how much you're spending accordingly and how much profit you're making and you can always measure that right and KPIs are important you know like measuring those performance to see if you're hitting certain targets are important, but they don't define the strategy as a whole. And that's where there's a bit of conflict. Like some, some you, I often see, uh, or I often speak to uh, marketing people that are like, I don't, I don't even, they don't even look at data attribution. And I'm like, are you crazy? You can't, you can't evolve and adapt your, your strategy accordingly if you don't. And then there's others that only ever look at it you know, and they're missing out on incredible opportunities within their strategy because there is no true data attribution to know if it's successful or not, you know. So what kind of data should you exactly look at? Well, it really depends on, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. It really depends on what you're trying to, um, what you're trying to achieve, right? So in terms of, let's say, for example, you're looking at social media, right? Social media is a, mm -hmm. is a great one because it's very, in right now in terms of b2b and in fact I'm, I'm about to get on a on a call very soon with someone that told me in the meeting that all they want you know they they want to be on on linkedin and instagram and of course it's about likes and followers right yeah of, like, of course like you know and i'm and the first question is 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 why like why what is it what's their mentality to think that it's about likes and followers right and um of course likes and followers are a good way to assess how effective um, content can be from a in A B testing, right? So, for example, um, if you're 
if you produce, let's say you're producing a video, right? And you're like, and the strategy is we're um, we're going to we're going to create a video piece, a video content that we want to between thirty and forty seconds to highlight this value proposition, right? That's it. That that's the goal, right? And then you and then you do another series of videos that are one minute to thirty seconds. And looking at that performance of those videos and how that retent the the attribution and the retention of that video, the amount of people that engaged, the amount of people liked, and that sort of stuff is a great way to better define your content, right? But mm-hmm. what it doesn't do is it doesn't define if the video if video performance is um, is the strategy within itself. You have to have an instinct and an understanding and a general understanding of content and your demographic and your audience and where culturally they're sitting, right? That's what defines it. And that and you can't you can't look at that from a perspective of data attribution, but you can look at the specifics of of the performance and how you can then adapt it accordingly. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like it brings up a different point like something that I experienced because yeah, we sell to big enterprises where the decision makers yeah, like even if they are active on social media, they don't show it. They will never yeah. leave a like. Like they might love the video, but they won't leave it a like yeah, <laughs> just to yeah. not be visible. But you can always see if they like your content on calls. Yes, yeah, every time someone jumps in, they mention that. Yep, I've seen you on LinkedIn. I've read that article. I've uh, seen the interview with such and such, and I think. That's the kind of data that we should look at and we should take notes every time. 100%. It gives us a sense or a hint if stuff that we are working on is working or not. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned uh, you mentioned a key word there, a sense and a hint. Really, that that um, that mar- marketing savvy, right? That that instinct that if you've been in the industry long enough that you you will develop, right? And I think that's very that's very important in the, in those instincts. I think also what you mentioned is a very is a big LinkedIn issue as well, right? Specifically, mm-hmm. so um, and the reason for that is that there is a bias between users on LinkedIn that either want to be high performing LinkedIn uh, LinkedIn users or they're there to network and 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 investigate and and that sort of stuff, right? And the the first are the ones that will engage in your content, but they aren't necess- they aren't your market because they're blind to it. They don't they don't care yeah. actually about what you do. They're contributing because they the majority, right? They they're contributing yeah. because they want to uh, they want to give themselves more exposure. So it's the silent ones that you're actually really serving. Right. Yeah. Those are the ones you're well, you're serving both because without the without the first, you yeah, don't get exactly. the visibility because you need that engagement and, and the content. And there's always a balance when we're talking about inbound and content. There's always that balance as well. Right. There's yeah. that balance between what's going to get me more engagement and more views so I can get my message to a bigger audience and what's actually technically going to serve my audience. Right. Yeah. So this brought up the point of social media in general and what do you think about the concept of social selling? I think social selling can be fantastic, right? And I think it's a it needs to be approached like an outbound strategy where it's slightly a numbers game. And I think outbound can be um, uh, can be 
extremely effective and it's and people look down upon it now right because perhaps they've had bad experiences right so for example it's that whole illustra- it's that illustration of um of wigs right someone's going to say i'm never going to wear a wig i hate wigs they look so bad right and you're like they only look bad because you've only seen the bad ones and you don't want a wig but you don't know about the good wigs because you don't know that they're good wigs right you know what i mean I love this analogy. <laughs> yeah. But, and so, and, and that's the thing, and that's the issue with social selling is that people only see the bad social selling when you hear people talk up about it and they complain about it, right? But when it's done well, it's an extremely effective and powerful tool, right? And, 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 and that's the thing. So I think it can be, it can be, it can be great. And I think it's very important. And for me, it's the next level of outbound personalization. There's AI and then there's social selling. So there's AI in terms of outreach via email. Now you can do personalized videos where it actually, you're, it's saying different words and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and it feels very personal to you. And then you have the same with old school social selling. It's the next step because the, the investment is still personal and you're, and you're reaching out, but you know it's still a cold call at the end of the day, but it feels a lot more it feels like the next level up to to like just a, a blank cold cold email. I think I think people should focus on strategies to nurture community and relationships. And if it answers that brief, then do it right. So, for example, if you have a if you have a um, a a social selling strategy that doesn't build relationships and build a community, then don't do it right. If it does, and you have part of that process is automated as well, great, fantastic. I don't think there's a problem with automating the beginning part of social selling at all. I think, in fact, it can mm-hmm. be very efficient uh, and, and and very effective. But don't leave it down to just automation or just trying to start just selling off the yeah. bat, right? Like, you know, like the problem that I see with that is that, yeah, people jump into social selling, but in fact, they are just sharing articles that the marketing team wrote. Mm-hmm. They don't add any comments. They don't add anything personal. Like, yeah. Why should I just click on that article and go out of LinkedIn if I'm yeah, here yeah. and I'm interacting with other people? Like, I think there is this still this yeah misconception that you have to lure people out of the platform instead of holding right. them in there and building that relationship, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. I think every these days community should be at the focus of everything you do everything you do inbound or outbound it should be focused on community why does it focus on community because that's the biggest value that that um um that consumers want now right b2b or b2c Mm -hmm. that's where they want their value so even if it's outbound cold outreach you're saying you need to say what does what does the community want and how can i serve them right? So not what do I want to sell? It's how can I serve them? Right? And when you answer those questions, when you ask those questions within your strategy, then you're going to have a much, a much greater um, impact to that um, um, in in the results, right? Yeah, like, that's the general shift everywhere we see. uh, When it comes to leadership, you can see servant leadership that it's gaining more and more traction that the management should be there to empower people and help them mm. yeah, do their best at work. When it comes to selling, also help others buy. Don't push them into a sale. Like 
the more mm-hmm. obstacle obstacles you can get out of the way, the better they will be, and the sales process will be just much faster. Mm. But you have to be present and help others. And and people, the other thing as well is that whatever product or service that you have, they either need it or they don't need it. They either want it or they don't want it. And nothing you're going to do is change that. So how can you be effective in your time? And how, um, um, so even when they don't want it, right? So for, because the knock-on effect um, can can really compound up after a while. So what I mean by that is, let's say, for example, you finally eventually get on, on, on a call with a potential client. And if you just sell your product, right? And you don't add any more value apart from your own product. And then like, I don't need it. I don't want it. It doesn't, it's not a good fit. You've lost everything afterwards. Whereas if you give advice and you serve them in the areas they want to, even if it's not relevant to your product and you recommend them somewhere or whatever, then you've left a connection and you've left an opportunity for them to talk about you again, right? Or for them to come back to you when it is relevant. And that's a big difference, right? And then if you continuously do that, even when even when they don't want your product, because you're not going to change that. You're not going to change. That's the thing is you can't, yeah. if they don't want it, they don't want it. If they don't need it, they don't need it, you know? Yeah. So James, uh, I, th- I have a bit different question, mm. but it goes through the whole topic, through the whole conversation that we had. If you were to pick, let's say, a mix of five strategy, yeah, five tactics, to grow your business. So tactics from inbound and outbound. What would that mix look like? Uh, well, of course, as we mentioned before, it would be dependent on the on your demographic and your audience and um, yeah. uh, and your budget and stuff. But ideally, if we were going to kind of, if we were going to general, um, generalize, I would first of all, make sure that your online presence is correct, right? That's the very first thing, because whatever you do, if you're, if um, whatever strategy you want to implement later on, if your online presence isn't, um, isn't there, then uh, then you're going to have issues, right? And it's going to it's going to make everything else more expensive um, in terms of in terms of what you're trying to do. So that's the first thing, right? And that that you know that's as simple as making sure that your website is has the right um, has the right messaging, has the right value proposition. Is invest in a good copywriter, right? Um, that's um, don't use ChatGPT. <laughs> that you know that's uh, that that's. I would say that's very important. The second part is to make sure that your online presence um, um, is right with Google, right? So make sure that you've got the, um, um, a funnel coming through that's getting reviews to your service. Make sure, so, you know, automate that service. Make sure that you're contributing to content with Google. Do those basics that cost almost next to nothing. Do those first. Then once you have that done present, when you have present, choose some channels and that can be different depending on the company choose some channels where you can nurture um, an inbound community right so that could be your blog post that could be linkedin that could be instagram that could be an email newsletter choose those chat channels and set that up um, um and and set that up and automate that process as much as you can right so what i say not the actual content creation, but everything surrounding that 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 content creation, automate it as much as you you can. You'll save money, you'll save time, you'll be more efficient, and you can focus on producing content of value, right? 
So do that as much as as much as you can. And, and sometimes that automation might mean hire someone else to get some 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 stuff done as well, right? Um, then I would focus on um, then I would actually focus on your your inbound distribution, right? So then so then it's a matter of okay, we've developed a a community. Where can I now expand that distribution, right? And then focus on your website and SEO and making sure that you're starting to get, um, you're starting, and I know a lot of people, SEO now, people are like, okay, Google's evolving so much. And then with the, with AI and, and all of the rest of it, yeah. Google will always be invested in, in, um, in their, um, their presence, right? And Google, as much as people search on TikTok now, as much as people search um, in other areas, it's still the biggest player, right? So invest in it, you know, um, until until that changes. Um, and then I would build, um, and then I would make sure, then I would look at your website after, after all that, I would look at your website and make sure that you've got a proper funnel coming in from a key point of that of that um of that consideration stage right to then take it to the next level it's super important it's a lot of people invest you know i had a client i maybe i shouldn't say on here but i had a client that spent thirty five thousand on a website for us doing it with the whole idea of being able to develop their um that 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 awareness to consider um that sorry that um consideration to decision making phase and creating all of the um um, all of the different channels and routes for that to be successful, and they weren't interested, right? And I'm yeah. like, you're spending thirty five thousand on this incredible website that looks amazing and does all this stuff, and it's going to lead nowhere, you know. And it's it's a very foolish thing to do. So I would um, uh, so make sure that you're actually directing that traffic somewhere, right? So once you've got that traffic, make sure you're de um, you're developing that tra that traffic, and then talking about once you've got that traffic, is invest in getting that traffic from a um from a paid perspective right so invest and that really depends on your your audience and your demographic where you do that right that really really and it depends on the type of product you have as well so for example google ads can be fantastic but it's way more effective if it's of a product or a service that is way more is a quick decision style um style purchase right um and then i would um, once, once you've looked at the social ads and uh, or, or Google ads, and you could do geolocation, display ads, whatever, all of that sort of stuff, whatever, whatever that, whatever that strategy is, you need to be able to um, look at that outbound, right? So you, you, wherever people are seeing you now, they they Google, they put, they look at you on Google, they see you, they look at you um, online, they um, through LinkedIn, through social media, you, you're starting to pop up organically. They've started to see your ads. They see you. Now you need to be able to, now when you make that phone call and you give a cold e um, outreach, they already have some awareness of who you are, right? They already have that brand awareness. Um, they they then go and search you later on and they see that you have credibility and trust and authority, right? Which are the three key words that you have to develop, right? So once you build all of that, you can then focus on your outreach, you know, focus on, um, your your personalized uh, cold emails focus on uh, setting up those those phone calls whatever whatever it is focus on that part as well specifically the selling part right um and then i don't know how many points that is but that well, a bit above five but but i love how you described everything 
because you literally showed how to go from the foundation through the mm. basics to building trust and credibility and then just yeah going after clients yeah yeah. When, yeah once you reach out to them it's no longer like a cold relationship because they are already somehow aware, aware of you and even when? if they are not just they will google you once and they will see all the amazing things that you do they will see how you can help them they will have everything served on a golden plate basically yeah 100 absolutely absolutely yeah. i think there's this is probably a side note from inbound and outbound a little bit um but there's one area that i find that so many uh so many businesses fail at and that's their their very first foundation of social proof mm-hmm. um they they might feature it they might be on their website somewhere where you have to search it but automating a process to get reviews on uh, your service is so very very easy and directing it and having that on google is so very very important and it's so easy to do and it's so easy to implement and it just adds a confidence and a trust that is 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 so cheap and so quick and so you know and and hands off right and um and i think that's uh that's a that's like a that's something that frustrates me a lot because a lot of companies miss it you know miss miss it yeah. completely and it's like, really not lots necessary. of them do it yeah like uh, now that you said like most of the companies don't have it actually yeah yeah but james what would you say what's the biggest takeaway from today's conversation i've mm, i would guess the fact that the un- the understanding that inbound and outbound are complementary um strategies and very rarely are they ever are they ever independent of each other right um and i think when you're building that strategy it's important to understand that sales funnel and how where your weaknesses are and where your where the strengths are and where and the end result you know we're the marketing of the of the of the the supporting heroes the unsung supporting heroes for the sales team right if you know you have a good marketing team when the sales team are flying right and uh and so you know i would just it's just that consideration of the whole corporate business and the fact that they're complementary strategies is probably the 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 two the two main things awesome and who should i interview next oh wow um that's a great one i think it would be very interesting to interview on if we're talking about linkedin because we know each other via linkedin i think it would be very interesting to 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 jason i can't remember his surname jason uh vanna the 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 branding guy uh yeah i, need to I know. think I, I know yeah i know which one the branding guy and i say it because i don't I'll say it publicly. I don't know. I don't agree with a hundred percent with everything that he has to say, but I think he has some very valuable insights in terms of that relationship. And the majority of this, I do agree with that relationship between branding and marketing, right? And I think that's something that a lot of um, a lot of people confuse, right? Yeah. And uh, that's a very interesting perspective to uh, to 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 find out more about. Awesome. Like I will definitely invite him. And now please tell the audience where they can find you and how can you help them? 
Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So this is my sales pitch, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Um, yeah. So aspiremarketing.io is is the website. You can check me out on LinkedIn, James Metzger. Follow, you know, follow me, like me, contribute to my content. I love to 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 read other people's perspectives, especially. It's a, it's a great learning process. You can find 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 me on Instagram and TikTok, and I do a lot of short videos there that we've just started to do recently. You can click my link, sign up to the monthly newsletter. There's lots of sort of um, there's lots of avenues you can you can get content and 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 and, and talk. And then in regard to what we do, we build we build these strategies that we've just been talking about, right? We build these strategies and we can implement from just a consultation perspective or all the way through to actually implementing it practically through using our um, our team of, of marketers and content writers and um, email marketers and outbound and all the rest of it, right? So I will include all the links in the comments. Yeah, I, not in the comments, in the comments on LinkedIn, but in the description of the podcast. <laughs> so if you want to follow James, just open your app and you will see it there. Absolutely. You can also go to links.aspiremarketing.io and that has all my, uh, that has like all my links there as well. Awesome. So I will link that too. <laughs> so James, thank you very much for today. It was a blast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Enjoyed it. Yeah.